And it's good to be back. Uh, last week, uh, me and a few colleagues, Dillian Tinashe, were out in Cape Town ministering. Man, I tell you, amazing things happened. Uh, in the first night, man, I mean, God just showed up in a mighty way. Um, Tinashe and myself were the only black people in town. <laughs> but it was fun. It was awesome. And uh, I think the one night, the one lady decided she was going to read one of the books we were preaching from. And she couldn't put it down and she gave a testimony the next day. She wanted about 28 more copies that, that she could give out in this little town we were preaching in. So, I mean, a lot of things happened. Lives were touched and a lot of transformation. Amen. Uh, just to let you know, we have started uh, having new, two services starting today. And our 8.30 service was just amazing it was phenomenal half of you came for the 8 30 service and now this is the rest of y'all and it's much more comfortable right it was starting to get a little stuffy and parking was running out so we thank god that it went very well and part of us as well are going to be meeting in town in Bramfontein tonight so this gives us more room to come here and worship uh comfortably amen well, uh, if you are here visiting with us for the first time, I want to say welcome. Thank you for coming. And let's get right into it. Why don't you hold your Bible in your hand so we can get you focused. Uh, hold your Bible. Those of you reading from your cell phones, you can hold it real high if it's an iPhone. <laughs> Samsung, a little lower. Shout, this is my Bible. <laughs> I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'm flying, Jay. I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We're starting a brand new series talking about living in a place of renewing your mind amen renewing your mind i think this is probably the most important thing you could ever learn as a child of god i believe not only is this the most foundational thing i believe this is the most transformational thing that you can ever learn especially when you start applying it in your life amen so let's go to romans chapter number 12 verse Romans chapter number 12 verse 2. If you have it, you can say I have it. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2. Man, I was getting a lot more response from the early service. Amen. You are the guys who slept a little longer. You should be <laughs> saying amen a little louder. Amen. amen. <laughs> Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. But be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. And notice how the scripture started. He starts by telling you what you should not do. He says, and don't do this. Can you see it? The first thing he tells you is what you should not do. And he says, don't be conformed. And that word conform means to be poured into a mold. Or to be poured into a, 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 a mold that will shape your life. 
This is the same way they shape iron. They melt it first, put it into a mold, and whatever mold they fit it into, that becomes the shape thereof. So he's saying, don't be poured into the mold of the world. He says, don't be conformed to the world. You know, growing up reading this scripture, I used to think, man, he's talking about fads and fashion and music and all sorts of things. I used to think he's saying, don't conform to, you know, the world's way of... It's not even remotely close to what he's talking about. When he says, don't be conformed to the world, he's saying, don't be conformed to the world's system. That word world is not the cosmic world, you know, topography, where you and I live in. He's talking about a system of thought. Because there is a system of thought that is called the world. And it is direct, directly opposed to the kingdom system. Let me give you an example. While the world system over here says, if you want to be prosperous, it will say, get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can, killing everyone and backstabbing everything that is along the way. In other words, do whatever you can to get this money. Get this money or die trying, right? Someone even sang a song about it. And over here in the kingdom system, is the kingdom thought says, if you want to be prosperous, trust God for your finances first. Give it away and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall man give unto your bosom. These systems are always at odds against each other. And he's saying what you should do is to be determined that you will not conform to the world system. The world system will say, hey, your provision, your source is the government. It is the economy. This is why a lot of people are fearful. And notice he was talking to people in the church. He's saying to church folk, hey, don't be conformed to this system. Don't be conformed to the world, but do this. Be ye what? I didn't hear that. Come on, that's weak. Be what? That word transform is the Greek word metamorpho, where we get the English transliteration metamorphosis. And it's simply talking about a, a radical change. And the analogy they use for this is uh, when a caterpillar over here is transformed into a butterfly. I mean, growing up, I, I would even argue you to the death to say, man, there is no way this butterfly was once a caterpillar. It just didn't make sense to me. You know why? Because the transformation, the change was so radical. It's beyond belief. And God is saying to the church, there is a transformation that is available for you that can radically change your life that your current life will not even look, it won't even have traces of your past life. Man, when you look at the butterfly, that colorful, beautiful creature, just floating and enjoying the sun, you don't even see traces of a caterpillar. You know, that creature crawling in the dirt and living the low down life. Amen? You don't even see traces of it. And God is saying there's a transformation available for you that after it's taken its effect, people will swear that you never went through a divorce. People who swear that you were never hurt. People who swear that you were never poor. Have you ever seen some of these billionaires when they're telling you, man, I used to sleep under a bridge and you're just sitting there thinking, ah, you are a liar. You, you are lying. 
There is no way you... This is the transformation that's available. When you start telling people where you were and where you are now, people will sit there and think, this has to be a lie. You know why? Because there is no way it's humanly possible. That is why we are going to let God and His power come through us so that this transformation can take effect. Hunch your neighbor and say, this kind of transformation is available for you and me. Man, it's available for us. He says, be transformed. Be that. Be transformed. Be changed. And I'm so glad. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that he tells us how this transformation comes. I am so glad. You know why? Because some pastor would have come up with some doom spray for transformation. He didn't leave it to our imagination to figure out how this transformation comes. He tells us how it comes. I am so glad because man, pastors have started selling uh, 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 bumper stickers for transformation. If you get this bumper sticker and put it on your car, transformation will come at you. And people will have bought it. You know why? Because people don't want to do anything. Especially church folk. Man, they want transformation by osmosis. This is why this papa thing is taken off. Because people think if I can just be associated with this guy, just uh, don't tell me about mind renewal, just by association. I want transformation by association. Amen? Amen. He says, be transformed. How? I did not hear that. <laughs> Come on, approach it with boldness. By what? The renewing of your mind. He says this kind of transformation comes simply by changing the way you think. All you have to do is to begin to think in line with God's word. And this is the exact same message that Jesus preached when he walked on the earth for the first time. This was Jesus' first sermon. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That word repent, metanoia in the Greek, is two English words. Re, which means to do again or to go back. Pent, where we get penthouse or the top. All he's saying is go back to the top. Go back to thinking. Higher thoughts. Go with me to Isaiah 55, verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. Man, after we finish this series, your mind will have shifted. You'll be thinking in a totally different dimension. Amen? I said amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter number 55 from verse 6 to 9. Watch what it says. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Next verse. How do you do that? Okay, go back. Go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while you may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Notice he didn't put a full stop. Can you see? He put a semicolon. You know why? Because he's about to explain to you what seek ye first the Lord is. While he may be found. And here is what it is. Next verse. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man is what? 
See, what makes you wicked, what makes you unrighteous is not what you do in, you know, in a way. It is your thoughts. It all originates from the way you think. You never do anything that you didn't think about first. You know, like pastor, I was just walking and then I stumbled and then I fell on top of her and then I, I don't know what happened, pastor. <laughs> no, you thought about it first. And you entertained that thought. In fact, if you're writing down notes, write this down. Attention is the fuel for your thoughts. Whatever thought you give attention, you are literally pouring fuel on that fire. That's why the Bible calls us to cast down all thoughts that are contrary to God's word. This is warfare, amen? Thoughts of negativity, thoughts of poverty, thoughts of death, sickness. All those thoughts, you must cast them down. Hallelujah. Watch what it says. Let the unrighteous man for his thoughts, forsake his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. How do you return unto the Lord? He tells you, and you will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly, uh, abundantly pardon. Next verse. For my thoughts... See, forsake your thoughts. Can you see there are two kinds of thoughts here? There is something that he calls your thoughts and there is something that he calls his thoughts. Can you see it? There's two classes of thoughts. There is your thoughts and there is his thoughts. Which thoughts are you going to live your life based upon? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Says the Lord. Next verse. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So there isn't even a comparison. There isn't even a comparison <laughs> to God's blueprinted thoughts against your thoughts. Your thoughts are low. They are low. They will give you a low life. God's thoughts are high. They are so high, they will give you the high life. Which one is it going to be? And here's what Christians do. I want the high life in the area of healing, but with my finances, I'll take my chances. I won't take your thoughts, God. I can't trust that. I can't trust that if I give it to you, God, you'll give it back to me. So that I'm a, I can't trust your thoughts around that area. And then they say, you know, these pastors are not teaching the truth. Why won't you just do what God is telling you and prove him wrong? Amen. Just do the word. Hallelujah. Says my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Your ways, man, your ways as low as the earth is, that's where your thoughts are. That's where your solutions are to your life. Quit trying to figure it out. Just take on his thoughts. What are his thoughts? 66 books filled with how God thinks. Just go and find one and put it in your head. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Let's go now to Romans chapter number 8 verse 6. What are we doing? We are fixing the bugs in your thought life. Amen. And that's what we need to do. Amen? The Bible calls your mind... In other areas, your heart. 
and it says for us to guard our hearts or our minds with all diligence because out of it will flow the issues of life amen and i was saying in the early service you know your mind is like a camp you know when soldiers want to take a place the first thing they do is set up camp they bring in all their supplies ammunition into that camp and uh, one of the things they do to protect the integrity of the camp is set up what is called a perimeter and they set up a perimeter and they have sometimes one and at most two access points and what they do is make sure everything that goes into the camp is thoroughly checked before it goes in you know why because if they let every tom dick and harry go in with everything they are carrying it may compromise the integrity of the camp so everything that goes in has to stop at the checkpoint and they check it out see if there are any bombs in there see if there is any you know thing that can contradi- uh, 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 compromise the integrity of the camp and it's the same thing with your thought every thought every thought that you come that comes to you must be thoroughly investigated to see if it's in line with god's word that's how you guard your heart with all diligence every thought when you receive that thought driving to work that you might not have your job in the next month that you're going to be fired and after you're fired you're not going to have any money and your wife will leave you and then your children will think you are a loser and then you die a pauper and not amount to any when that thought comes you must investigate it and check if it's in line with God's word When that thought that says it's an incurable disease and it's going to kill you, you must check if it's in line with God's word. In fact, the Bible says it like this. It says for us to be wise concerning that which is good and simple concerning that which is unwise or that which is evil. And if you study that word simple, it's the, it's the English word simpleton. He's saying be wise concerning that which is good, but a simpleton concerning that which is uh, uh, evil. In other words, be retarded when it comes to evil. Have no clue when it comes to diseases and sicknesses. In fact, doctors will tell you this. Most of the people who are diagnosed with, quote-unquote, uh, incurable diseases or whatever, they'll tell you this. Most of them die simply because of their knowledge of the disease. Most doctors will tell you most people know more about their disease than the doctors do. Because they've joined a Facebook, a Facebook group about that disease. They've Googled everything about that. They literally know everything about why their life should not work. Most people that divorce have more reasons why their marriage should not work. They have studied it out. They've joined support groups of how marriages should not work. They study it. They master it and meditate on it day and night and are prosperous at it. Man, this is so simple. You're going to need another preacher to come and confuse you. After I've preached, man. This is so simple. All I'm saying is, whatever you put in your heart, giga. You remember giga? Garbage in. Your life, the Christian life, is, is an outward manifestation of inward thoughts. The accumulation of how you think. This is why you're going to have to start letting the word of God dominate your thoughts. Someone shout, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
Now let that dominate you the next time you get a project at work. Not, ah, you know, hey, we never know. This one, ah. Someone shout, all my needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let that dominate you the next time you get your bank statement in your email. Don't let the numbers preach at you. Let the word of God preach at you. What does it say? Romans 8 verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. Carnal mindedness is simply being minded uh, 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 thoughts that are contrary to God's word. You know, a lot of people, when you say uh, to be carnally minded, you know, they think it means to be sinful uh, minded. It's included there, but carnally mindedness simply means anything that is contrary to God's word. If you have a thought that says you are a failure and that's contrary to God's word, guess what? You are carnally minded. And he says here, to be carnally minded will produce death. And death is not talking about ceasing to exist. Death is talking about everything that resulted as a, as a, everything that came into the earth as a result of Adam sinning against God. Depression is a form of death. Poverty is a form of death. Sickness is a form of death. That results in the ultimate death. And carnally mindedness produces all these things. It will produce poverty in your life. Man, when your state of mind in the area of prosperity is determined by the SONA 17, hashtag SONA 17, state of nation address by the president, if that determines how you feel about life, you have already lost. Now, a lot of people were coming to work depressed. I would expect that from non-Christians. But Christians, man, it's based on this. On the word of God. Because nothing much is going to change. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How do you become spiritually minded, Pastor T? I'm glad you asked. Just become word of God minded. Jesus said in John 6, 63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And when you take those words and let them shape the way you think, you are a spiritually minded person. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's go uh, next to Philippians. In fact, before we go to Philippians, let's go to Hosea chapter number 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter number 4, verse 6. If you're writing down notes, write this down. Every thought has a life or death nature attached to it. Every thought has a life or death nature nature attached to it we must only allow thoughts of life into our hearts satan is called the prince of darkness amen i used to wonder what that means that simply means satan thrives in the areas of ignorance in our lives 
He's not going to come at you with a pitchfork and a red suit and say, yeah, I'm the devil, I'm here. No, he's just going to drop a thought into your life, which is contrary to God's word. And when you entertain that thought, you're going to lose. That's exactly what he did with Eve. He didn't go and possess a, an elephant and then put his foot on Eve's head and say, eat this fruit. Eat this fruit. No, he didn't do that. Just went to Eve and said, did God say? She was like, ooh, I think you have a point. And then she ate of the fruit. He's not going to come at you with some demon just manifesting and throwing up everywhere. No, he'll come at you while you're driving to work. I said, did God really say you? And then you start thinking about it. And the more you think about it, remember, attention is the fuel to thoughts. The more you think about it, it's going to start affecting you. The one time my wife and I were flying to Cape Town, and as we got on the plane, the pilot said, the captain said, hey, congratulations, you are the first group of people who are going to fly to Cape Town on a self, a fully automated jet. This thing is going to fly itself from here, and it's going to land itself in Cape Town. And I want to guarantee you, there is nothing, absolutely nothing to worry about. Worry about. Worry about. Worry. 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 Worry about. Worry about. What if it lands in the N1? In fact, worry happens in your head. It's just when you are considering thoughts that are contrary to God's word. What if it lands in someone's bedroom? I started looking for a parachute underneath my seat. Just in case this thing lands. Guess what? Man, it was the worst two hours of my life. Just considering the options. And some of you, when you get your bank statement, you look at that thing and God says, there is absolutely nothing to worry about. Worry about, worry about, worry Worry, 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 because you're studying that instead of God's word. When you get the doctor's prognosis, there is absolutely, God is telling you, man, there is absolutely nothing worry about. Worry, 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 when you stay on that thing. Amen? Don't stay there. Stay in God's word. Hosea 4 verse 6. Is that where I told you to go? Watch what it says. It starts with my people. Man, that's so awesome. God is not addressing the world. Do you see this? He's talking to the church. He says, my kids, my people. These are the ones I'm talking to. So he's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to people in the church. He's talking to you and me. And he says, you and me, my people are destroyed. Other versions of the Bible says they perish. My people perish. God is admitting that his people are dying. And he tells you why they are dying. My people are destroyed or they perish for a lack of knowledge. This is why in this church we specialize in dishing out knowledge. Amen. Not inspiration. He didn't say my people perish for a lack of inspiration. You know why? Because you can still die inspired. When people die with a good attitude, just praise the Lord. Just sinking. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
while you're sinking. But if you have information, you know what to do to stop the boat from sinking. You know how contrary these systems are? The world system is saying ignorance is bliss. What you don't know won't what? Hurt you. Wow, God is saying what you don't know is killing you. People are dying for a lack of knowledge. It's expensive not to know. The reason why you take your car to someone else and pay lots of money for them to fix it is because there is something you don't know. Man, it costs money to not know. But when you know something, you can advance your life. Amen? He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And because thou hast rejected knowledge, this is another class of people. They are those who just don't know because they don't know. And they are those who reject knowledge. He says, and because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget your children. Ignorance is dangerous. Amen? God wants us to have information. Bible information. If you're taking down notes, write this down. Bible knowledge applied wins battles. Notice it's just not Bible knowledge. It's Bible knowledge applied. It wins battles. And if you're writing notes, write this down as well. Ignorance and victory are impossible roommates. Ignorance and victory are impossible roommates. They can't share the same room. And in my book, I teach about the three different kinds of people as we close. Uh, three different kinds of people. And I, the first cl- class of people I talked about in my book is the unbeliever. And what the unbeliever needs is salvation. You know, turn or burn. That's the first class of people. They need salvation. They need Jesus in their life. The second class of people is what I call the ignorant believer. They are saved, but they are ignorant. Also known as the caterpillar Christian. They are crawling in the dirt. Yet they have the very characteristics of a butterfly. They are crawling in the dirt, man, just envying the butterfly Christian. Just looking at them like, man, I wish I was blessed like them. Without realizing that the very characteristics that they see in the butterfly Christian are already resident on the inside of them. All they need to do is to let God's word take full effect and dominate their thoughts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The third class of people is the mind-renewing believer. This is the believer that has made learning a lifestyle. This is a believer that has made mind-renewing a lifestyle. Notice he didn't say be transformed by a renewed mind. He said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I-N-G. It's a present continuous tense. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle of learning. The Bible says in James chapter number 1 verse 21, laying aside all filthiness and all superfluity of nerdiness, receive the engrafted word of truth that is able to save your soul. 
You have to make learning a lifestyle, especially learning God's word and learning about his promises. Amen? You have to read the Bible, man, from Romans to Jude all of the time. Why do I say Romans to Jude? Because those are the scriptures that are filled with promises that tell you who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping someone? Man, your thought life is, is important. If you read in Deuteronomy 7, God was giving out all these amazing things to the children of Israel. He was saying, man, I'm going to deliver you from the Midianites and the Amalekites and all these crazy people. And I'm going to bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do amazing things with you. And then he gets to verse 17 of Deuteronomy 7. And he stops and he says, but if you say in your heart, these nations are mightier than we. How can I dispossess them? God says, hey, listen. What you say in your heart is ultimately the truth. And then we know the story, how the story goes. Ten of the spies came back and said, hey, man, we are grasshoppers. And then the other two, uh, Caleb and Joshua said, hey, we are well able. And apparently, both of them were right. You know why? Because whatever you are thinking in your heart, you are right. If you think you are going to make it, you are right. If you think you're not going to make it, you are right. Hunt your neighbor and ask them, so what is it going to be? Because whatever you say it's going to be, you are right. If you think the land is weak now, uh, we can't travel overseas, man, things are tight. You are right. If you think uh, there are no eligible bachelors in this country, Fit for you. You is right. <laughs> Amen. I mean, and that's what I always say. For the people that think, hey, there are lots of bachelors. They'll be tripping into, bumping into, falling over bachelors everywhere they go. They won't know what to do with them. Because whatever you think, you are right. And your life will push you to your thoughts, your dominant thoughts. I was telling you a story visiting in the U.S. Uh, Yukon took me to a project uh, neighborhood and he told me that this place was built and when they built it, they took people from the shacks, the slums, and put them in these buildings. And within two years, those projects, buildings in Queensbridge actually, started looking like where they had taken these people from. People would literally go and break a door. Come! To make it look like where they came from. Because they took them out of the slums, but they didn't take the slums out of them. Man, B BMW, Mercedes Benz, luxurious car, nice car. You can bless someone with it. If they are at a level of city golf, mentally, they will make sure they will climb a curb and just make sure they get involved in an accident and make that Mercedes look like a city golf. Have you ever seen these nice cars that look like what they're not supposed to look like? And you're looking at it like, but this car is a Mercedes, but ah, there's something, ah, it's a Toyota on the inside, this car. Because they are pulling it. 
when you visit some of these nice houses and people would take literally take where they came from and just put it in this nice house and you're thinking man this house is this house is nice but there's something i just i, I can't put two and two together but because their thoughts are manifesting and then there are other people you give them a city golf man it will look like a mercedes and they won't drive that thing long enough you know why because in their hearts they are bigger Amen? So what we're going to be doing in the next four weeks is fix the thought bugs in your mind. So that you can start thinking prosperity. Think success. Think divine health. And not think failure and weakness. Amen? In fact, you can never spend time in God's word and come out saying, I just don't know. It's impossible. You know this false humility that we have in Africa? They say, you come and sing. You say, ah, me, me, I can't sing. They say, but you know, we heard you. We know you. Please come and say, ah, no, me, me. They say, you. And then they get on the mic and they belt it and everyone is like, wow. What were you doing? They're like, ah, you know, you know, you know. That's false humility. Amen. But you can never spend time in God's word and come out saying, ah, no, but you come out saying like David, I can run through a troop. Can you imagine someone, a physical, natural human being saying things like that? He says, I can run through a troop and scale over walls with the Lord on my side. Spider-Man stuff. Just by spending time in God's word, he came out saying, I can do all things, all things through Christ who gives me strength. Spending time in God's word. Man, all my needs are met according to his riches and glory. I have an action from the Father and I know all things. Man, this false humility stuff, you won't see it with the apostles. They spend so much time in God's word. Man, they would literally just walk past people and people would get healed by their shadows. Just People are getting healed. Man, you won't see that in scripture where people are just, you know, ah, you never know. No. No, I spent time with God. When David wanted to fight Goliath, he didn't force, force humility. You know, I mean, maybe I can try and take this. No, he didn't say that. He says, what will be given to the man that kills this man? I want to know, what's the reward? He said to him, man, you won't ever have to pay taxes. He says, what? You won't ever have to pay taxes. He says, man. I'm fighting this guy right now. And they said, you also get to marry the queen's daughter. He said, man, let me go and fight this guy. And he went there and fought the guy and won the battle. You know why? Because he spent time in God's word. And his thoughts were shaped by God. All of these amazing men and women of God in scripture, it started with their thought life. Why don't you stand on your feet?